Socially impactful businesses harness innovation in order to structure a business model around giving back. What motivates, excites, inspires, or engages you the most? This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 38th edition of Black Wall greetings, Street today. It is so good to be greetings. here. I actually thought I might not make it into the studio because of car trouble, but we made it in and it's time to get underway. A very important show as social entrepreneurship is the driver behind important initiatives that provide equity and access and opportunity. And if I can be transparent, that's how we got Black Wall Street today. So I'm so excited. With that, I'd like to welcome my first guest, Miss Jackie Glass. She is with Your Neighbor's Hood. She takes a vision and makes it a reality through sound yet creative strategy development. She is a Chicagoland native who previously served in the United States Navy as a cryptologist for 11 years. As a social entrepreneur, she's working to improve market and government policy influenced racism, sexism, and classism. Jackie oversees the operations and creative direction of the Your Neighbor's Hood podcast, Mamas on the Block, the May Her, Black Girl Experience, and Black nanny brands. She is successfully leading the Norfolk 2045 and Just Dinner campaigns, influencing a person-by-person change in cross-cultural relationships. In her role as a chief ecosystem officer for her small business, Lurch LLC, she develops strategic methods for transforming parental leadership to an enabler of innovation for economic growth while promoting an in-home civics-first mentality so that every citizen's actions support a truly global city. Wow, tongue twisters there. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, thank you for having me, Blair. No, I'm super excited and honored. I actually want to have you kind of lay the foundation for this conversation in terms of defining social entrepreneurship. Yeah. What is it? So social, I like to call it, it's, it's doing good, doing well. Social entrepreneurship is getting in the business of solving a social problem through business. And so what happens is... Solving a social problem through Mm -hmm. business. Okay. So social entrepreneurs, they're kind of unique in that they see a problem in society and they want to use their entrepreneurial efforts to solve that said problem. Yeah. So you get two sides of it. You get the for-profit side, which it's easy to understand when you hear social, social problem, Mm -hmm. non-profit, and then you have the for-profit side of it. And they take so many different forms. So you have companies like Tom's, which is a for-profit organization, but many of the proceeds go back into to, to, yeah, to getting shoes in other places and parts of the world. So um, I'm on the for-profit side. It's easy to understand the nonprofit side, but I think people, when they hear social enterprise and know that I'm a for-profit business, it's like, how does that work? Yeah, so, no, I think mm-hmm. that's important to uncover yeah. because I think you're right. Yeah. Most people think, oh, social entrepreneurship, it's something I can make a donation to and write a home in mm-hmm. taxes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be that. No, no, it doesn't. You no. can actually figure out your niche in your market and use that to solve a social issue. For mine, um, at the moment, just happens to be racism and happens to be specifically family and women issues. So everything that I do that's for profit goes back to... Um, solving those specific um, problems. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, I'm not just, uh, I'm not, I have all the sustainability and uh, the self-dependency or the self-dependency of the sustainability of a 
nonprofit, but not the dependency on donations and how I use my money and how I do things like that. So it's mm. it's a great avenue if you're really um, passionate about something, but also want to have a business. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I'd like to certainly announce that our phone lines are open today, guys. 757-727-5711. If you have questions about social entrepreneurship as we talk through uh, some of the details of the work that Jackie does in the community, we're having a conversation about social entrepreneurship. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Your Neighbor's Hood. What a provocative <laughs> podcast. So Your Neighbor's Hood is the, the birth or the child of a, a learned um, campaign. So I ran for the school board in Norfolk. Mm-hmm. And in knocking, that's how we met. Yeah, that's how we met. Yeah. And knocking over 8,000 doors in communities, my campaign manager had just happened to be a European American woman. And people were okay with uh, addressing her as to why she was working for a black woman and then asking me why you couldn't find a black girl. <laughs> You couldn't find anybody in the community, but we what we found was people were very ready to tell us those racial issues without even knowing us. We walk to the door and they're just like this and this and this. And you learn a lot about the history of the city. But then also working with the European-American person, there were some cultural gaps that I had to fill in. And so what we just did, we took those uncomfortable conversations that we had on my kitchen floor throughout the campaign mm. and said, you know, yeah, she found out, my campaign manager, that she was actually helping her family and having these conversations. Mm. She, she was taking it back. People are ready for it. So we took it from the kitchen floor and turned them into a podcast. Wow. Yeah. And so how's it going? What are you, because I was trying to describe to my mother exactly yeah. what it is that you do. I'm like, yeah. no, they're not just talking from a microphone. Like, they are literally going to people's homes yeah. for having conversations. So that's the business side. That's yeah. the business side because what what I do understand is in being in the community is that there are a lot of um, organizations that want to do good mm-hmm. and do well in many communities, but also perpetuate the cycle of racism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that they're doing it, and they also don't have the capital to bring some fancy marketing um, consulting company in to mm-hmm. provide. To give them the ideas and to really dig into why what they're doing is also harmful to the communities they're trying to help. Mm-hmm. So we have been asked by um, many different, whether it was some of them are political organizations, some of them are just people's families, uh, to sit with them and walk them through um, their bias. Um, and and also on a personal level, because I feel like walking through, you know, dealing with race issues, it's all a personal journey for individuals. Sure. Um, but that's what we do. We walk people through that journey. And then we, on top of that, part of the business is bringing strangers together to have these conversations. Yeah. So part of that is our we have a just dinner, just lunch initiative where we'll bring 10 strangers together mm-hmm. and have a whole conversation about race. And I know, and they pay to do this, and I know people are like, you know, we're tired of talking, but you cannot underestimate the value of a conversation um, and how it can work that empathy muscle and also in enlighten folks. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing the effects of that and I'm making money doing it, but I'm also trying to solve this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I love so. it. It takes me back to... Uh, undergrad really and just thinking about racial identity development it was something that you know we had to discover from from both perspectives and so we had very uncomfortable conversations in those in those classrooms I mean they got they got interesting so much so that I would bring my family members to the class because I wanted them to see you know what was happening in this environment and so I'd like to hear from you kind of um first 
how'd you get to this work? I'm looking at your background in cryptology, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, and then thinking about <laughs> you're running for this school board, right? And so it seems like in there, there was already some... I think so. Something. I've been kind of negotiating with myself, my life and my life paths and how I got mm-hmm. here. And I think the activism for me started very young. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother uh, works for the UAW, the United Auto, or she works for Ford Motor, Motor Company and okay. has, was always active in union, you know, who gets elected, how they get elected, what policies are affecting mm-hmm. the people on the floor. Um, and, and it was crazy just listening to her on the phone the other day. I had this epiphany, so it's crazy you asked this question. Yeah. She She's like, hold on a minute. And she's talking to the union rep. You know, they let them see shift work this many days. And da, da, da. You know, she's just going on to quote policy and stuff. And I'm like, this is where I get my quote problem. Of, yeah. And she's like, she's being an activist with her union. And, and yeah. I remember going to elections with her, standing on top of the car, who they want their union rep to be. So I think it's Moms start. are important. Aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fathers are too. No, um, not in that sense. I'm but, just thinking but, that's, that's where I got my... Yeah, thing too. You she's know? crucial, and I think that led me through this. Now, cryptology was just a stint in my life. I think you have to look when you join the military at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. It's not just a job you do; it's a culture that you buy into. Mm-hmm. It's it's many different things, and I think that added seeing some of the injustices that I saw in the military that kind of pushed me away. Mm-hmm. That was like I need to. I, I probably need to go um, because I can't. I, you can't fix it. You feel like you can't. Mm-hmm. You're you're sinking. Um, was why I came out and I didn't know what I was doing with myself but I'm grateful for the opportunities I say it's like a boyfriend the military that we broke up but it was amicable and it we, was both, good. It was good. we both gained something from each other wow yeah Hey, if you've just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. Our focus is social entrepreneurship. We're talking with Jacqueline Jackie Glass of the Your Neighborhood podcast. We're just talking about, right now we're talking about race. I'd like to know... Oh, well, let me just remind everyone, too, the phone lines are open. So if you've got questions about this podcast and maybe how you can get involved, maybe you want to bring something like this to your community or to your home, uh, 757-727-5711. Again, it's 757-727-5711. I was going to ask you, um, Jackie, how tense has it gotten in these conversations? Or is there already this sort of... Okay, this is, I'm paying for this experience. Is there like a kind of a veil that's there that keeps it above board? Like how, how real does it get? So it gets, it gets really real. It's very uncomfortable for me too. Wow. Um, but I think when people put their money into these sorts of things, they come with a different frame of mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm coming. I know what I'm getting myself into. I'm only going to get out of this what I, what I put into it. And I've already paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so they got to um, do some work on the front end yeah. to prepare themselves. Yeah, the, the paying is the work you know just yeah. even showing up mm-hmm. but when we start these sorts of events and uh, we start with these agreements that we make with ourselves and I don't know if you've ever heard of the book the four agreements mm-hmm. and so I use those agreements we we my, myself and my partner we use these agreements as a foundation to guide the conversation because these are simple truths that you need to make with yourself because everything that going that's going on in there is not personal don't make any assumptions mm-hmm. be meticulous with your word mm-hmm. and do your best in the conversation those are those four agreements and I think we get some really great things I've heard some of the most uncomfortable racist things and this is my job and and I know self-care comes with that sort of thing but it, it gets tense to where like I'm sweating sometimes and I have to realize uh, I might be holding my breath 
and I can't pass out as the facilitator of the conversation. But it even gets tense because there's another side of this that we're doing. We're working towards doing a black enough side of it because there are conversations that in doing these things with mixed groups and with only European American groups that I, there are conversations that we as a community need to have with each other. You know, that whole idea of being black, being synonymous with struggle um, and understanding that black comes on a spectrum. We listen to everything from Dr. Dre to Coldplay Mm -hmm. and really inviting ourselves to have these tense ones, but it's about getting black folks to buy in on that. So we're working towards that. It's, it's all, it's all relative and it's all necessary. And you can have a business doing it. It's powerful. Powerful. Okay. Man. And then I see you're facilitating all of these other things too. I don't know if they are all podcasts. Are they what are these wow, so, entities? So Mama these other blocks. Yeah, so, yeah, girl. So this is what's exciting. This is all it's, social entrepreneurship? This is all. This is all. So Man. part of my I, I really the, the campaign trail, um, knocking on doors and mothers opening them up and having saying the same thing. It was like rinse and repeat. I don't have a support system. I don't want to show up to the school by myself. I don't, I feel stupid. I don't know how to activate. So Mamas on the Block, yes, is a, uh, is in its stages of, of development. It's something that I already do, but I want to expand of there should be, we don't show up to places alone. And if your child has an event you can't show up to, then, hey, we've got Mamas on the Block that can show up. You know, like really creating a community for women, one, to invest our own dollars into ourselves and being able to support ourselves, each other, and almost like a barter system of good services and support. Um, that's what that's that beautiful. is. And wow. I found on my vision board, I had this picture of Oprah and the OWN Network. And I'm like, I don't want to be Oprah. Right. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Why is it there? Yeah. And earlier this year, it came to me as this podcasting thing is a beautiful gift mm-hmm. in and of itself. And when people, people, Paid, paid to support the podcast through um, a, a thing called Patreon it, mm. for my creativity, right? Mm. Um, so I've started, uh, a, I'll be releasing two more podcasts that are surrounded about women's issues. So the Black Girl Experience is one of them, where we'll have um, Black girls from Brazil telling about their experience, Black girls that are trans, Black girls that are lawyers. So just really culminating the Black Girl Experience and putting that together. And then there's the May Her, which is M-A-Y, capital H-E-R. Yeah. Where we will be having Sounds podcasts. empowering. Yes. Women mayors all over the world, all over the uh, country. Women Share. mayors. Yes. There's so many of them. Wow. Because um, we are civics first. I do believe that if we can understand how, I truly believe in local government, y'all. So, <laughs> yeah. so if we can get women to understand the power in that and talk to women that are making an influence on their cities as the leader of a city and bring their stories to life. I think that'll be a beautiful thing. And then I have Head Call, which I just just started culminating stuff. I know it's a lot because these are other people's stories culminating for women in the military to talk about their experiences, share their stories. It's beautiful. Man, we've got just a few minutes left. Phone lines are still open. Probably the best time to call, but 757-727-5711. I guess I kind of want to close on how you're doing this thing in your household, right? (laughs) Had the opportunity to meet your beautiful children and kind of heard their, like, buy-in on it, you know? Um, Wow. I think it's so important. I always say the cornerstone of community is family, you know? And so... Just knowing that that's a real thing for you. 
talk about how that, what that looks like. So my studio is actually a section in my home. So literally the work and the things we do are right inside the home. I am very fortunate to be gifted with um, children and have, I say I make really good choices. I selected my husband. <laughs> I don't know about him and his good choices because he selected me. <laughs> but, but I say I'm really good at making decisions. So I have um, almost this whole ecosystem to my business that the kids are involved with helping me build content. They come to me and tell me things, you know, mom, maybe you should talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, they, my daughter is always critiquing my, my graphics. <laughs> so, wow. you know, and my husband's always like, monetize your stuff, Jackie. Always kind of, because what's the, the thing with social entrepreneurship and social things is you can get so tied up in the issue that you forget you got to make money too. Mm -hmm. So each of them play a role in my life with uh, keeping me in check. Mm -hmm. And um, and I respect that. I respect mm -hmm. what they bring to the table. So, but it, you've also given them roles, right? Aren't they assigned this is true. positions? Oh yes, like yes. I run so my house like a business. Yes. My husband is the CEO. Love it. I am the COO. I used to be the CFO, but I handed that over to my husband as I have my own business now. Yeah. And then my children are stakeholders, and I know my role, and I do that well. I take care of the operations. He makes all the big decisions because I have decision fatigue, <laughs> you know. Mm. But it really, I, it's like a small business and I treat them with the respect that they bring to the business and with the level of importance because stakeholders are just important as a CEO and it's a symbiotic relationship. Jeez. I love them. We love you, Jackie. <laughs> Gosh, well, talk to us in these two minutes that remain about how we can connect to the podcast, okay. um, where we can connect with you in general, yeah. all of that. So I am on Instagram at hey underscore Miss Jackie. That's MRS Jackie. The podcast as well as on Instagram at yourneighborshood.com. So it's hey underscore Miss Jackie and at yourneighborshood.com. Okay. We are under those same things on Facebook, um, Twitter, same thing. Hey underscore Miss Jackie. Uh, you can check out our website at yourneighborshood.com. So simple altogether. One thing, yourneighborshood.com. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, wherever you, iHeartRadio, wherever you love listening to music. Inspiration. Jackie, thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me, Blair. I appreciate you. This is wonderful. I can't wait to have you back and just hear about the development of all of these things. And Thank you. Thank you for this platform. This It's a gift to us in the community that are trying to do good and do well. Doing good. Aww. Appreciate it. Welcome back to Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham, a special edition. I know I always say that every edition is a special edition. We're talking about social entrepreneurship. And so this edition of hashtag add this to the list focuses on winter savage and fashion for awareness. That's fashionforawareness.org. Fashion for Awareness is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that uses fashion and beautification as a way to convey information to people about certain topics in hopes of fostering mutuality and understanding. Fashion for Awareness is using an innovative approach that utilizes the fashion industry as a catalyst for education and life transformation. Here to share more information about Fashion for Awareness is Miss Winter Savage. Welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, Hugh. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you are too, Blair. Yes, it's so good to see you. And I recently had an opportunity to see what you're doing in the postpartum arena. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can we talk about just 
your creativity in this regard. How did this come to life for you? Okay, so as you know, I'm a mom of a two-year-old. Um, yes. I hear a lot of horror stories about mental health in particular women who may, you know, kill themselves or kill their kids. Wow. Yeah. And, and we actually had some events happen right here in Virginia. Um, to the point, a lot of our politicians and individuals that are part of government have signed bills so therefore we can expand research on why postpartum is so prevalent mm-hmm. and why it ends up in such a, you know, unfortunate situation when it comes to mothers or, you know, fathers not being able to see the the triggers that are leading to their dark path. Wow. Because it doesn't have to always be so dark if you get the help you need. So I decided to create a more proactive approach mm-hmm. and kind of educate people on postpartum before the baby is delivered. So mm-hmm. therefore, they'll know where to go get their proper help after the baby's born. They'll be able to recognize signs to know, okay, it's time for me to go get some help. Okay, it's okay for me to talk to somebody. Okay, I just watched this video of this woman who actually went through it and she's speaking about it freely. I can do the same, you know, kind of just to start some type of pioneering. Yeah, I love it. I definitely want to talk about how the organization is addressing postpartum, but, you know, someone may be listening that has no idea what those signs and symptoms are. Maybe you could just share with us, um, how do I know? What's normal, what's not quite normal if I've just delivered a baby? Okay, well, being that I'm not a doctor, I'm just going to speak from my personal experience and just from people I've seen. Um, Some of the signs of postpartum is just the lack of fulfillment and activities you used to enjoy. That's one of Mm. them. Also, you know, feeling overwhelmed to the point where you don't even want to get up out of bed to make yourself dinner or to cook anything for your kids to the point where your baby... You just don't feel as connected to your baby. You feel a disconnect. And sometimes when we feel that disconnect as a woman, we feel like, oh, my God, I'm a mom. How can I feel this disconnect? And I had this child. So because you feel that, you already feel the shame from going to get help. It's no really proper way to say, hey, my baby is really getting on my nerves right now. I need a break to someone. So you keep it inside. You don't tell anybody about it. But when it comes to postpartum, that's actually normal when it comes to postpartum. Those are signs that you need to go get help. And some ways that you can get help is just by having a support system. There's different organizations out in the community that actually can come to your house and help you with laundry, help you with cooking for the first three months after you have a baby as long as you reach out to them and let them know what you're going through. And it's a responsibility as a mother to be able to admit that we are not up to par because if we cannot properly care for our own mental health, there's no way we can care for anybody else's, including our children. So that's some of the signs of postpartum. Wow. You said so much. Um, Of course, I I take notes during the show. So talk about, okay, so how does the Fashion for Awareness piece work? How are you actually providing care and support to moms? Okay, so we all know for the ones, for people who have had kids, that that ninth month is, oh my goodness, feet swollen. You don't want to, you don't care about what you put on. You really don't care about your hair. So it's like, ugh. Yeah. Right. It's just, I'm just explaining like, oh, right. Yeah. So that being said, I decided to jump in uh, women's lives at the fourth trimester and basically do photo shoots. I've only done one thus far, but it came out well. And one thing I decided to implement during the photo shoot was color therapy. 
color therapy is good to help individuals come out of depression. So we associate the color blue with depression or sadness. And we associate the color yellow with happy. For example, Pharrell's song, Happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically what I did is I teamed up with this expected mother and a photographer, Dexter Cohan. And the model was Cassandra Clark and Smith, Cassandra Smith, correction. Basically, um, and we basically styled her for her last trimester and we did it to alleviate the signs of postpartum or just to give her the confidence she needed so after she had the baby she would know where she could go get support from and she would know going through the birthing process that she had already you know dealt with whatever you know uh depression sadness anxiety that she may have had through the photo shoot so the photo shoot is actually a coping mechanism so Hmm. what fashion for awareness does is we use fashion as a way to cope with what you're going through in order to get you to that process of personal transformation so let me ask this so is fashion for awareness in this instance is it a preventative mechanism or are you reaching out to women who are already exhibiting signs of depression just asking i think it's more of a um, it's a, oh, like an open door type policy type thing. Okay. Like our okay. website, our um, our Facebook, our Instagram, which is all fashion for awareness, by the way. It's just a way for you to communicate that you may have some needs. And we serve as a resource. So we yeah. will connect you to individuals that may specialize in clinical therapy for new mothers or expectant mothers. Mm-hmm. You know, we would connect you to photographers that may have time to do a photo shoot for you. We may connect you to places that may give you free stuff for your kids or for yourself. So it's like we're more of a connector liaison type, you know, approach. I love it. You know, when it comes to that. Now, when it comes to the fashion part, yeah. That's more me. Like, I just want to empower people through fashion. I'm a big, firm believer. And when you look good, you feel good. Yeah. You find that to be true with the women that you work with? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's your background? Like, how do you kind of have this this insight and awareness in terms of what will work? Okay, well, um, basically, just I... Just ask. You can give me the abridged. Okay, well, I... Uh, <laughs> went to school for social work okay. and I also there have it is, a background see? in mental health yeah I do wow and um I had a baby that's when it really changed mm-hmm. me is mm-hmm. when I had a baby and I realized how much we go through as a mother for you to get out of the hospital and two days later you know your significant other is like hey can you get up and cook me dinner the other kids are like hey can you take me to the store it's like you don't have it in you to do anything and it's not that you don't want to do it it's just that you just gave up half your hormones to a newborn and you just got to get back to yourself half your everything everything you know I, I feel like there's a fine line right because we're not necessarily right now in the most supportive kind of scenario um i think we're supposed to not do anything for a while. We're, not, we're supposed to not be cooking the meals and doing the laundry and all of that, you Absolutely. know? But then, okay, when does it become unhealthy? You know, like you said, when you started talking about the disconnect. Um, but I think sometimes, man, women may look at us and say, oh, she's, you know, she's being lazy or she's being, it's like, no, I'm taking the time that I need to recuperate because this is a huge undertaking. So in the, in the minute that we have left, Uh, Just reiterate for us how we can connect with your organization. How can we give? How can we support? Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Okay, so Fashion for Awareness has a Facebook page called Fashion for Awareness. 
We also are online. We have a website, fashionforawareness.org. Also, we have an Instagram, Fashion for Awareness, spelled out F-O-R. Everything is spelled out F-O-R. And then it's Fashion for Awareness underscore. That's our Instagram page. Also, we have an opportunity to work with um, a group of individuals in October for a um, bridal expo where we're actually going to be displaying our postpartum vlog and that's going to be in October which is going to be posted on our Facebook page Instagram page and website doing a bridal expo and we're also going to be selected when we were selected as their community partner and they're going to highlight our organization as well so we're excited about that also fashion for awareness does more than postpartum we actually just use fashion as a coping mechanism and one of the things we do as well is help kids go to prom so if you ever want to donate to that as well please feel free to reach out to us and we are going to do a lot more innovative approaches using fashion so i hope you guys stay tuned Oh, we definitely will. Fashionforawareness.org, Fashion for Awareness on Facebook, and then Fashion for Awareness underscore on Instagram. We are connected. Thank you so much. This has been great, Winter. Thank you so much. Look forward to having you back and hearing more about the things that, that you have coming up. Likewise. Yes. Appreciate it. For sure. Coming up, if you are a social entrepreneur, Summit 19 is happening and it's being facilitated by Social Enterprise Alliance. It's happening September 9th through 11th in Chicago, Illinois at the Radisson Blue Aqua Hotel. Join the nation's social enterprise leaders at Summit 19 to create opportunity, build community, and explore innovation across the sector. This premier convening will feature the perspectives of distinguished change makers revolutionizing the field. Attendees will have the chance to examine the practices of social enterprise, delve into the creation of impact, and network with hundreds of professionals and experts. Register today to claim your spot at the Social Enterprise Event of the Year. Social Enterprise Alliance empowers social enterprises with the tools and resources they need to succeed and works to foster a social entrepreneur a social enterprise ecosystem in which they can thrive i do want to share this with you as well i have five steps to starting a socially impactful business if you just tuned in this is blair durham with black wall street today our show today is all about social entrepreneurship so five steps the first is one jumpstart your motivation socially impactful businesses harness innovation in order to structure a business model around giving back what motivates excites inspires or engages you most in life number two determine your cause successful businesses begin with individuals who are connected to their cause what social issues do you care most about number three identify your transferable skills very important Stand out from the competition by identifying what sets you apart. How would you like to be remembered by others? Number four, do your research. Search for successful organizations that you admire. Deepen your understanding of the fields or industries in which you hope to work in order to strategize best practices for achieving scalable impact within that system. 
And number five, acquire new skills and strategies. Invest in programs to learn how to create and develop innovative processes that will allow you to, that will allow your cause rather, uh, your cause-based business to be both sustainable and scalable. You can find that information online by Googling five steps to starting a socially impactful business. Our final guest today, oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be in her presence, is Miss Karen Bailey with Youth and Family Empowerment Services. Karen Bailey is a natural born teacher, motivator, and problem solver. She has a gift for inspiring youth, career seekers, professionals, and business owners to see past their current situations, create winning strategies, and work toward their personal, academic, business, and career goals. She encourages audiences to prepare and position themselves for their opportunities. As a leader in the business community, Ms. Bailey strives to make a positive difference in the lives of students, business owners, and clients alike. Ms. Bailey is the CEO of the Resource King International and the Executive Director of Youth and Family Empowerment Services. She founded Youth Earn and Learn Jobs for Kids, a business and workforce development training program for children ages 12 through 17. Because so many adults lack the same basic skills, adult learn and earn jobs for you, either unemployed or underemployed, was also created. Their mission is to keep kids off the streets and raise the next generation of CEOs and entrepreneurs. Welcome, Karen. How are you? Thank you, Blair. I am fabulous. And you? I'm doing well. So good to see you. Likewise, likewise. You got to share. How did you get to this place? I mean, we all have the story, right? But how did this come out of you? This is um, great. Well, thank you for that. How did I get to this place? Honestly, it was because I did start the Resource King back in 2006. And I was working as hard as I could to make that business a success. And I had a son who... When I transferred from being salaried and just doing my own business, so my son had the gimme gimme's that I once I got to have it. He was used to mom being salaried Mm -hmm. and money flowing, right? And so I said, well, I need to teach this young man how to earn money because I'm working as hard as I can. He needs to learn how to work hard too. Yeah. And God bless me with (laughs) an opportunity to buy a whole lot of candy bars. I set him on his course to go sell some candy. Wow. And what happened, I went to my church with this this tub full of candy, this basket full of candy and other goodies. And I was approached by kids not only to buy the candy, but they wanted to help me sell it. So I was like, well, all right. And after a few Sundays, this young man said to me, Miss Karen, I can get my mom to buy me all of this stuff and I can sell it too. I said, you're right. I said, or you could work with Corey. He said, well, if I do that, we would be a corporation. And I said, wow, "Wow, I like the way he thinks. What would it look like if someone took the time to teach young people how to start businesses and have corporations? And that was the genesis for Youth Earn and Learn Jobs for Kids. And it started back in 2011. Wow. Wow is right. And it has been totally organic growth. We went from those candy bars and bottled water and chips and all like that to being able to provide services in the community, yard care, shoveling snow. And then in 2015, we added our fresh fruits and vegetables. So we do mobile fresh produce stands. I think that's been huge. Oh, Blair. Social (laughs) entrepreneurship, right? I mean, you have a triple impact happening you're teaching children how to start businesses Mm -hmm. right they're out Mm -hmm. here pioneering in these different areas Mm -hmm. and then you figured out wow we can actually help 
with this food issue. Exactly right. At and, the same time. You know, success leaves clues. And so with Youth Earn and Learn Jobs for Kids, we're all about keeping kids off the streets and raising our next generation of CEOs and entrepreneurs. So in all of the projects, all of the things that we're doing, it's all about being able to expose our young people to building a strong work ethic, being able to put into practice all of our core principles, the importance of their professional appearance, their communication skills, money handling sales techniques, encouraging them to dream and to think big how to set goals, plan, and work hard and work smart. You can't teach kids how to work hard and work smart if you don't give them anything to put their hands to. Mm -hmm. So along with our mobile fresh produce stands that we teach them how to operate, we also cut grass. We were out, we did four yards yesterday. Nice. Yes, very, very <laughs> nice. And they, they were all gun-ho and eager. Is there anything else left? Do we have anything else to do? And it's like, yeah, we're going over. And we, you know, fed them, had pizza, that sort of thing. And then we were able to turn them back over to their parents. But with Youth Earn to Learn Jobs for Kids, we do the mobile fresh produce stands. We provide the different services. At the core of it, we, we tell kids, we tell parents that we are looking for individuals who, A, care about others and care about their community, and B, they want to learn how to earn. And so all of these different enterprises, all of these different projects just give us that opportunity to find out what's interest, you know, where their interests lie and how we can plug them into these different things that we have to offer so that we can watch their confidence grow, their marketable skills grow, and we can see the difference in our community. And so with our food deserts that we have been able to hitch our wagon to is really awesome and amazing because in our communities where food deserts are, and that's any areas where yeah, people live. Yeah, I was going to say, break that down for Yes. So what food deserts is areas where people live a mile or more away from a grocery store and they don't have easy access to it. So maybe they don't have vehicles. They don't have adequate transportation. So they're a mile or more away from a grocery store, which means that old saying that I grew up hearing an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. So in food deserts, there is a higher incidence of chronic diseases, right? So that's your diabetes, your, your strokes, your hypertension, all like that. It's a higher incidence of death, as well as is a higher incidence of unemployment, poverty, and crime. And God has blessed us with all of our fresh produce to be a food desert solution. So we're able to go into communi communities and allow parents, parents to know that kids ages 12 and up are able to apply, right? So we're having a job fair on Saturday in Virginia Beach at First Lynn Haven Baptist Church. That's it. Hang tight, hang tight. Whew, you're giving us a lot. <laughs> <laughs> If you just tuned in, uh, this is Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. We're talking about social entrepreneurship with none other than Miss Karen Bailey, the founder and CEO of Youth Earn and Learn Jobs for Kids. What methods of payment do you accept? Oh, that's where it gets juicy. We accept debit, credit, SNAP, EBT, PayPal, Cash App, Cash, Venmo. Yeah, so we accept all of the different payment methods. Yes, and we deliver. And we deliver throughout Hampton Roads. I mean, I have just dropped my <laughs> internal mic. Like, <laughs> what are you all not doing? Well, wow. when it comes down to keeping kids off the streets, you know, God has just really blessed us. This has been total organic growth. Again, from the candy bar days to the providing services in the community to 2015, doing the mobile, to doing the fresh produce and the community garden, oh, by the way, mm -hmm. and the mobile fresh produce stands, the five-day meal prepping that we do. It's, it's like he knows no bounds, so therefore we 
you know, it's just unlimited. The sky is just the, um, is, the sky is unlimited. When you're working with kids, the potential that they have, and all it takes is the mentoring, the training and development, the exposure, the, the different exposure. activities yeah, that huge. they are able to be involved in, and mm -hmm. the sweet deal, the stipend that they receive. So we let people know that when you purchase any of our healthy treats, 100% of our proceeds supports Phenomenal. keeping kids off the streets. That's wonderful, Karen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I'm you just for having outdone. me. <laughs> Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community not a particular political party. Hey yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Phenomenal. Black, black Wall Street. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. When I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black. Uh, black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.